Hello and welcome to the Dreamfest podcast. My name is Pete Steele. Thank you very much for joining me today. If you're new to this show, which quite frankly will be most of you, this is the show I invite a special guest to come and curate their Dream Festival lineup. And to help them with that, we have a handy dandy time machine so they can literally go anywhere in musical history and handpick the artists they love. Previous guests include Thomas Atlas, Erin Grace, R. John Webb and Michael Clapham of the Gorstia Lee Street Choir. But my guest this week is archaeologist and author Benjamin Cross. Some Benjamin facts for you now. Benjamin was born in Birmingham and lived in Solihull before moving to Reading University for his degree. But he got bored with that degree and he decided to do archaeology instead uh, and moved over to Keble College, Oxford, whose alumni include comedian Katie Brand, Pakistan Prime Minister Imran Khan, and possibly, most famously of all, own name-tweeting Ed Balls. Another Kebble fact bomb for you, the college pub, The Lamb and Flag, was frequented by none other than literary titan J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, so perhaps some of that sweat seeped into Benjamin while he drank there with his digging pals. Uh, in other news, this podcast now has a Patreon, so go to patreon.com slash dreamfestpod, and you will get some extra chat with Benjamin over half an hour's worth, in fact, uh, including bonus questions, uh, formulating his ultimate band lineup. It's well worth it. It's £2 a month. And uh, yeah, I'll be doing at least two of these a month, I think. So that just works out as a pound a show. And it's like lots of extra chat as well. Lots of it. Um, but now Benjamin also has a book out uh, next year, a novel, his first, in fact, it's called Colony, which I've had the pleasure of reading. Uh, and we opened the podcast uh, talking about it. So I'll be back at the end to provide some links to get your pre-orders in. But in the meantime, please enjoy the Dream Fest podcast with Mr. Benjamin Cross. <laughs> Give us, give us, give us a, give us an overview of what the book is about. Okay, effectively, Callum Ross is a, a professor of archaeology at the University of Aberdeen. He is, he's divorced from his wife, and he's he's got a bit of a, an unhappy and problematic relationship with his little boy, and he's on holiday with with his lad, trying to make up to him basically for not for not being around. When he gets a call from a colleague of his, who basically gives him some bad news which is that he um he's developed an illness and the upshot of it is that Callum has to take his place on an expedition and the the expedition or investigation rather is uh, is set on uh, on an island in Franz Josef land um and I don't know if you've you've ever come across it other than within this book obviously but no. it's it's basically a, an archipelago so a kind of a, a cluster of islands off the north coast of russia in the arctic and it's it's pretty much as as remote as you can get um i think i'm not 100 percent certain but i think it was the last landmass on earth to be um discovered in modern times at least um mm. certainly if not the then then one of the more recent and it's a land effectively of uh rock glaciers but also all sorts of of different wildlife that you perhaps wouldn't expect uh, when you think of an arctic setting and that that all plays a part within the novel further down the line but um, Callum ends up on this particular island with a team of other professionals who are all uh, effectively looking at different aspects of the environment out there ahead of a uh, of a development that's going to take place. 
and that's effectively a, a Russian gas company has identified gas in the seabed and they're going to drill it. Uh, the whole place is probably going to get wrecked. So before that happens, um, they've had to fund this investigation. The problem uh, that Callum faces initially is that uh, him and the team um, uh, have been accompanied on this particular expedition by an imposter. It's he's an eco terrorist, and he's got other he's got other plans. So he sets about to sabotage what's happening out there, and without giving too much away, the team become stranded and it's at that point that they realize that there's there's something on this island and they are in a hell of a lot of danger basically and from there on it it basically kicks into overdrive and you know hold on to your butts (laughs) (laughs) but what i wanted to talk to you about was uh was music You, you like your music don't you I do indeed. That's uh, yeah. I, I hear there's there's some kind of uh, contraption in the building, isn't there, that might transport us to particular musical eras? Oh, or um, get, we'll get on to. We'll on to. <laughs> but first, um, just want to talk to you a little bit about music. Do you remember the first gig you had? I do actually. Yeah, it it, it wasn't anything particularly groundbreaking. It, I was about probably about eight years old, and my dad had got tickets to go and watch Cher. I think he was. He wasn't. <laughs> I never knew you were a chef. Man. I, I wasn't, mate. Um, you know, I uh, he he just I, he had a spare ticket for one reason or another, and he you know he saw me sat there probably looking bored and moping around as you do at that sort of age, and he invited me along, and yeah, I loved it. I have to say, uh, yeah. <laughs> so what what an introduction to the world of gigs. Do you manage to get to gigs now? You- you're, uh, you know, you've got a family and career and all that. Do you manage to get there to see much live music? And now you live in the, the Welsh valleys and all that. You know, in the valleys, are you just in the farmlands? We're, yeah, we're co- yeah, we're out, we're out in the uh, in the sort of southwest. So it's yeah, it's primarily farms. Um, yeah, I mean, I, over the last few years, it's obviously it, it's been a lot less than it, it used to be when I was, for example, um, in my twenties when I was at uni, and even before then. But you know, occasionally you get to you get to go and see some live music. For me, it tends to be local bands in pubs, things mm. of that nature. You know, so I mean, there's nothing, there's nobody in particular that I've been to see recently who, you know, I'd I'd always been a fan of or anything of that nature. I think really, as as you've suggested, a lot a lot of my time these days is taken up with, you know, being with my boys and and my wife really, and and doing my writing. So yeah, I don't suppose you get many touring bands sort of visit your neck of the woods, do you? Where, where's where's the sort of nearest sort of big place you'd need to go to? So I mean, the, I'm just north of Carmarthen. Um, so it's a town. It's not particularly big. There is live music there in various venues, but I think really, if you were going to be, you know, if you're going to go and see anything serious, you'd have to head to either probably Swansea or Cardiff um, mm. would would be the places to go. And you know, there there is obviously, I mean, Cardiff's a great a great city. I I'm in there every so often for work. Um, I've one of my offices is there, so yeah, I've got a lot of time for Cardiff, and and it's got a great live music scene as well. Hopefully, I'll be able to to tap into it a bit bit more over the coming years. Well, fear not, because we have uh, we have some modern technology available to yourself, and we're going to put together a dream festival lineup. Excellent, love it. So worry no more, and worry not <laughs> about uh, having to you know travel dis- to distant lands to go and see some live music. Um, we've we've actually got uh, a handy dandy time machine in which 
you can curate the perfect dream festival lineup because i mean i've organized this whole thing i've got the wristbands together i've got the food trucks stages lights and then i went and forgot to book the bands like a complete you know oh pete like an egypt what you like so uh I, I need some help from yourself if that's okay yeah go on and the first thing is you've got we've got this time machine and you get to pick the form in which your time machine comes so yeah. you could have the delorean you could have uh, a hot tub, like the hot tub time machine, <laughs> or you know, phone box from Bill and Ted, uh, or you can have whatever you want, whatever you like. What, how, how do you want to travel to your festival? Do you know what? I'm going to have to go with the phone box. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the, the, the recommendation of Wild Stallions. <laughs> one of my one of my one of my favourite film cinematic bands as a kid. They're uh, they're bringing out a sequel, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So I've heard actually. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see that because I mean, more than anything, they obviously the two leads are, are so much older now. It'll be interesting to see how it works. You know. In all fairness to Keanu Reeves, he doesn't look that much older. Nah, well, he's he's led a good life, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's taken, say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's taken care of himself, and he's been treated well. And he's actually, from what I've read, a really nice guy as well. So, mm. fair fair play to him. And and yeah, he, I imagine he'll you know he'll make us all feel very jealous when we see him in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> sure, he will. Um, okay, so we're going to do this. We're going to go in. The, we're going to go in the telephone box. Let's do yeah, it, you, can, you can you can select anyone from musical history, past or present. Uh, they can be artists you've seen before or that you've never seen or you never got to see because, you know, they, they might not be with us anymore. Mm-hmm. So any genre, any lineup. And the day before the festival opens, there's some bars open so you can go and have a little party. Do you like you like a drink still, do you? Uh, I enjoy my real ale. I do, yes. Nate. Any, any uh, particular favourites down there in Wales? Uh, yeah, there's a thing called Gower Gold, which is quite nice, actually. But I have to say, Pete, mm. I've got I've got some firm favourites at the moment, uh, which is Goose yeah. IPA from the US, which I think is a triumph, um, and also various of the Brewdog ales. Yeah, um, yeah, and I've got I've got a uh, I've got a liking for Brewdog because they're um, they've got a very socially responsible um, attitude to how they do things as well. They they seem to be suggesting that they're carbon neutral at the moment or carbon negative even as a business, which is a great thing. Uh, yeah, you got Brewdog then. Indeed. Okay. So you had a few brew dogs, mm-hmm. had a few goldens, all that yep. sort of stuff, a few gooses. Yep. Um, so you've had a bit of a late night. Uh, next morning, the festival is going to start, and you're in your tent, and there's someone outside to give you a little wake-up call. They're right outside your tent. Uh, first of all, actually, do you like a gentle awakening or a, a rude one? I'd say somewhere in the middle, to be honest. You know, I don't want yeah. to... I, I, I don't, so, yeah, I mean, if I'm being woken up, then it, it might as well be, be done properly, you know. Um, but mm. I'd rather, it, you know, I'd rather it wasn't too painful, I have to say. Yeah, you don't want a bucket of cold water thrown out. No, a, a bucket of water is probably not, not going not gonna to put me in the best mood. <laughs> <laughs> At least it hasn't all the times it's happened before, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's someone outside your tent. They're yep. going to be your wake-up call. Who's going to be outside playing you some tunes to to ease your awakening? Uh, I I'm going to have to say I'm going to have to go with Beck um, ah. and a particular a particular tune as well from the early nineties. It's Beck Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Put so, yourself in a nice positive spin for the day. <laughs> indeed, yeah, a nice nice reality check first thing in the morning. Um, <laughs> things can only improve from there, I guess. So uh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, you put I'd, yourself I'd, on the down and knowing that you can go uphill from there. That's right. I like start, it. Start low, aim high. 
<laughs> did you ever did you ever manage to go and see Beck at all? No, I haven't seen him live at all. I mm. I mean that song though is one I mean it's it's one of my favourite tunes and I think I was probably about 15 or 16 at the time, I guess, maybe a little bit younger when it came out. And um, I just remember me and a particular mate, we, we used to, when we were hanging around, we used to have it on repeat. Absolutely loved it. It's just, it's the intro, the intro that does it for me with the slide guitar. Yeah. And it was the first thing that I ever tried to play slide guitar um, to on the guitar as well, hmm. without without particular success, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it inspired me put it that way what, what did you use for a slide uh, I'd, i had a proper slide i had one you know that you oh, slot you? yeah 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 i yeah, um, yeah. went out and and bought a proper one and um was it, yeah, was it a metal one or a glass one it was glass uh, okay mm. what do you do you use metal do you i'm um, no, i'm not no. a slider yeah. No. <laughs> yeah yeah well i i didn't no. i didn't I, I tried it and um it sounded so unlike uh, the start to Beck Loser that I, um, I, I basically put it in my, my guitar case and never used it again. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've got it's it. Not you, an easy, it's not an easy one. It's not. And you've got to try these things out, haven't you? Yeah, before you learn that you can't do it. Absolutely. <laughs> give it forever. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, you've had, you've had Beck uh, playing Loser. Yep. <laughs> and you've managed to, uh, you managed to wipe the sleep from your eyes and, get your self-esteem back <laughs> yep uh, maybe yeah, yeah you've, you've had yourself a, a hearty breakfast and the festival's about to start so who is going to set the tone about the festival vibes who is going to open the show right okay so i think this this for me this would be a, a bit more of an upbeat one so i'm gonna have to go with my man mark Knopfler and dire straits um and, uh. I, and i want money for nothing mate Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if there's if there's ever been a tune that I've heard where the, the sort of the starting riff just makes you like it just energizes you it just makes you want to get up and you know pay attention basically um it's yeah. it's the starting riff to to money for nothing absolutely love it uh not forgetting the uh the opening drum solo indeed course. yeah no, it's fantastic i mean the whole the whole song really and the the story behind it i don't know if you've have you heard the thing about Mark being in a uh, like an electric goods store? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. T- tell me about it then. Yeah, so he was. Um, this is what he he told. I think it was Parkinson or somebody in an interview some years later. Um, he'd been in an electrical goods store uh, having a look for something or other, and a delivery man had come in, and he'd uh, he'd started watching the TVs at the back of the store, and he stood next to Mark, and he he kept on saying things that. You know, he, that Mark just couldn't ignore. He was saying, you know, oh, oh, look at him banging on those bongos like a chimpanzee and all this sort of stuff. And I think, I think, although I can't quite remember, I think he actually went and wrote, got himself a notepad and a pen from the shop assistant and started just writing down what this guy was saying. So yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Some sport. of the best songs come about, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And and who is it that sang backing vocals on there? Ah, oh, good question. No, it's gone. Uh, it was the police. Or is there now? Oh, Sting. Unknown. Sting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic yeah. song. And and a, a real sort of um, get up and go sort of tune as well for this point it, in the festival. Yeah, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Great, great, uh, great opening to the show there, I reckon. Mm. Die Straits. Yeah. Okay. So suddenly, very suddenly, there's some flyers start appearing throughout the festival uh, with the promise of an exciting, previously unannounced guest set. So it's your secret guest. I mean, I uh, I went to when I went to Glastonbury in I think it was 2010. 
it was uh, Biffy Clyro, who were previously yeah. unannounced. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't privy to the secret leaflet. It missed me out, as most things do. <laughs> uh, but I caught the end of their set because I was going to see, uh, who was I going to see? I've forgotten who it was. But anyway, I saw the end of their set and the place was absolutely rammed. Brilliant. Because everyone would have just flocked to see Biffy Clyro. Who is your secret guest going to be? Who are they going to be flocking to see? Right. Well, I, I'm I'm going to have to switch this one around a little bit, Pete. Actually, I don't I don't know if people would flock to see this band, but I certainly would. So this is a band called Halo, who mm. most most people probably won't have heard of, but they they were very big in the early noughties in and around Bristol. They were um, a very popular band, four piece, led by the the Moncrief brothers. And they they were signed with Sony. They released an album called Lunatic Ride. And something happened around the sort of early noughties, 2003 or 4-ish. And Sony uh, basically shed like half their roster. And I mean, it was just, it was such a shame. I mean, I'd, their style mm. was alternative rock, sort of post-grunge, but it had such energy and uh, the vocal was just fantastic, really haunting sort of melodious backing vocals. And it, it was it was a joy to listen to at the time. So I, I would seem l- to remember you playing me some back in the day, actually. I probably did. Yeah, I probably yeah. did. Um, they were extremely good. I met them. Um, I went and... Uh, saw them on a number of occasions and yeah they were they were just electric and you know they they really got the room the room moving um and i, I felt it, it was just such a shame when they got shed you know because it wasn't just them it was literally half of sony's lineup um and mm-hmm. yeah it, otherwise you know god knows where they'd have ended up but um so i'd like to give them an opportunity here to come and <laughs> potentially uh, you know resurrect themselves absolutely and this that is what this uh, this festival is all about resurrecting yeah but uh, well okay so we've had a bit of beck a bit of die straight a bit of halo yep it's time to get something to eat mate aha uh-huh. what is what is your favorite sort of festival grub what's going to keep you going for the rest of the day well it's probably not going to surprise you to hear that um i'd probably want a, a pint of beer <laughs> yeah that's a given. And, yeah, and um, I would probably also enjoy um, some dry roasted peanuts with my pint of beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is just 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 make this clear. This has got to sustain you for the rest of the day, right? I, I tell you what, mate. There, there is if you a long looked, day. If you've ever looked at how many calories there are in dry roasted peanuts, then you wouldn't be questioning this selection. I'm telling you. Um, no, I, I know, I know what you mean. I, if I'm at a festival, if I'm out doing anything, really, I try and avoid uh, giving myself too full a stomach. I have to say. So um, I'd probably, you know, I'd be tempted by a burger. I'd be tempted by a curry. I'd be tempted by a kebab. Um, but I, if I had my sensible head on. I'd probably just have a packet of nuts, to be honest. Uh, I mean, you say sensible. I think you're going to regret that decision, mate. <laughs> I, I think I probably am, yeah. I'm kind, I, I'm kind of wagering on the idea that I might be able to go to, you know, a, a, one of these food stalls a bit later in the evening, you know, and replenish. But I might be okay. wrong. Let's see. All right. Well, let, well okay. Let's see, let's see how, you, how far your dry roasted peanuts get you. Because uh, while you're eating your dry roasted peanuts... Pete, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry, mate. <laughs> These peanuts just aren't doing it for me. 
Yeah. yeah. You're going to get hangry a bit later in the day, mate. <laughs> you're picking at your nuts <laughs> and you're yep. sipping your beer. And while you're eating, a stage has been set up and someone is about to come on and do an acoustic set. So it can be an acoustic artist or a non-acoustic artist. Uh, they're doing an acoustic set. So who's going to serenade you while you pick at your nuts? It's got to be Kurt Cobain. Ooh. Mm. Well, I, well, well. Yes, indeed. He's, I mean, I've been, obviously I was a fan uh, back in the 90s of Nirvana. Um, I, but I had an interesting kind of love-hate thing going on with the Unplugged sessions. Like, I, you know, half of me thought it was, half of me thought it was brilliant. And, and the other half of me was like, yeah, but that's not what Nirvana are about, you know. So I'd kind of like to hear hear the Unplugged side of things again. <laughs> really so you know if we can use our time machine to go back and and pluck Kurt from from his rest and and bring him to you know give him another chance on on the guitar that yeah. i think that'd be a great thing i think that's uh i think that's a great idea and also i mean part of that unplugged thing was also just to see um sort of their influences other than just sort of straight out rock and yeah. roll um so you've got you know i think the the last song of the set is a, an old blue song isn't it um, that's right yeah uh in the pines uh and you've got a david bowie cover on there as well yeah absolutely i think they actually um that they came under a bit of fire for for doing that which would have come uh, come as no surprise really to nirvana to to come under fire from someone but they um I think they were they were told that they had to do more or less you know all their own songs and what Kurt actually opted to do was more or less none of his own songs you know the majority mm. were covers as I recall and then they just did a couple of uh, of their own tracks mm. so yeah it was it was a very revealing set and listening back to the CD now it affects me a lot more than it did at the time um you know mm. I, I understand the record a lot better now and i'd quite like to you know just to settle down and 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 listen to to kurt do some of those tracks live really yeah it would be nice and there's i mean there's a lot of talk especially after he died that that was kind of his sort of funeral procession almost in a way wasn't there there's was like there was a black wreath at the front of the stage and it was almost like he was yeah. performing at his own funeral yeah just- well it was i think they recorded it uh, it was only like sort of eight months or something before he died wasn't it and it was actually released as a recording um posthumously so you know he he wouldn't have heard the recording that 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 we all heard but yeah it, it was i think it, it very much was sort of identified with that period in his life where obviously it all it all became too much and and we lost him absolutely okay well Kurt Cobain playing the acoustic unplugged set while you eat your dry roasted peanuts. Perfect. Sounds good. Sounds Perfect, good to mate. me. Yep. Right, we're going to right, we're going to go local now. Now you're a you're a you're a Birmingham boy. I have indeed. Born and bred. We're going to we're going to give a bit of love to the Birmingham area. Now, it could be a legendary band, could be an established current band or an up and coming band, but someone that you think should get some festival exposure. Who, who are you going to go for? There are, I mean, you're spoilt for choice, really, aren't you? Um, we've got, there is so much great live music that's come out of Birmingham over the years. I mean, there are, there are some obvious choices for this for me. I mean, we've got the likes of The Streets, mm. more more recent, you know, I, I like a bit of Mike Skinner. Editors is another one that I might choose. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. when, we, were, we, went to, we went to college with Russ, didn't we? We did indeed. Um, mm. he, he was a lovely guy, and I, I recall that he he was already quite well known as as an exceptional musician i remember being introduced right. to him by a friend and um they they told me a, a tale about how 
him and a couple of others had sort of put on an impromptu gig at, uh, at a school. Uh, I don't know, it was some kind of school leavers party or something. And they had absolutely brought the house down. You know, he'd really impressed. Um, and of mm. course, back then he was the guitarist as opposed to the bassist that he, he became in editors. Oh, right. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually, I jammed with him um, on one occasion. He came round and we, we had a little jam uh, and it was, it was great fun. And he was, I mean, clearly exceptional on the guitar. And then I remember getting a text from him as well when he'd set up the band as Pilot, which is what they were known as uh, before editors. Um, okay, well, they, they, they changed the name again then, didn't they? Because they were Snowfield, I think, as well before were they? or after that. Yeah, yeah. Ah, right, okay. No, I, 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 that one had missed me. But yeah, yeah. I, I went to see... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I went to see them at the... Well, I didn't go to see them. I went to see a friend's band at the Flapper and Firkin, and oh. they were supporting as Snowfield. And I went... Because uh, I was living in Wolverhampton at the time, and uh, my mate who I was living with was going to set up a record label, and he was sort of scouting for bands, and I was like, "Oh, you got to check out Snowfield," because I only saw the last minute of their set, but it absolutely blew me away. Yeah. I was like, "You got to check these out," and he checked them out, and he's like, "Ah, oh, man, they've just been signed, and they're changing their name to Editors." Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> talk about talk about bad timing. Talk mate. about yeah. bad timing, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But you know, I reckon. I- as a talent, at least. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, are we, are we are we going for editors then? Are we? Yeah, I think we should. I think it's only fair, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Why not? The next thing you're going to go and do is go and see an intimate set. So, there's a, a little tent that holds around thirty people. So, it's a bit of a squeeze. Mm. So, who do you want to see up close and personal? Well, this is another one, Pete. Where you know, I, I'm probably going to have to bend the rules slightly or at least stretch everybody's uh, sense of disbelief. Um, well, we've got a time machine, so, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. Have we got have we got a space machine that, that adds additional space to a particular tent? Uh, um, well, yeah, why not? Okay. Well, we could do it open-sided or something, couldn't we? Yeah. Like, the, the reason I ask is that somebody that I would love to see uh, or some people, should I say, um, in a kind of a more intimate setting, uh, would be the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. Uh-huh. And, and I would want to hear them play the score from Jurassic Park by John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for me and a select couple of mates, I want the full force of the Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> playing jurassic park <laughs> yeah but the thing is the, the thing is ben you spend so much time wondering if you could do it you yeah. never stop to think whether you should do it yeah, <laughs> yeah. very true yeah and that, of course i probably should because it may blast my ears out but who cares what, what a fantastic event would that be recently me and my wife did the trilogy the jurassic park trilogy over yeah. the course of three weekends because she'd never seen it you believe oh. that Okay. No, I've seen can't. it. Yeah, gosh. Um, uh, I think the most she'd seen of Jurassic Park was the Nick Mohammed singing, "It's Jurassic Park, <laughs> it's a massive park." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's perhaps not the best introduction to the films and what they're all about, is it? But there we are. Oh, I don't know. He <laughs> made her want to watch it. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a brilliant call. That is. Uh, yeah, I'll be up for seeing that most definitely. I'd Most definitely, bring a tear. Um, to that would. Would you cry? It'd bring a tear to my eye. I can tell it would. Yeah, I, I just that that piece of music in particular. I, I love 
I'll live, I mean, as, as a lot of people do, I, I love most of what John Williams does. I think he's brilliant. But that particular score, to me, it I don't know, it just uh, yeah, it triggers something. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, um, you you may well that's see. The, it's the historian in you, isn't it? That's what it, it is. It must be, mate. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> brilliant. I love it. Okay. Right. We're going, right. This is, this is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite ones. The full album performance. So whose album would you like to hear played in its entirety? Right. So this is an easy one for me, Pete. Yeah. Um, there is there is a, a particular album that I have I could just listen to again and again and again. And indeed, I have <laughs> listened to again and again. And yeah. uh, it's the Arctic Monkeys. Whatever oh. people say I am, that's what I'm not. Okay. Absolutely love it. Every single track for me is is just uh, spot on in what it's trying to do um and the way that they they actually flow one to the other as well is um i thought work works really really well so yeah i i would love to sit and, and watch them just start and just play the whole thing through i honestly thought i thought you were going to go old, a bit old school for this one yeah. maybe go back to maybe the beatles uh, well, uh, you know had, it, had an inkling maybe the beatles yeah, you obviously you, your mind sort of wanders in that direction, but I I don't know. There's just something about this album and and the impact that it had when it came out as well. Mm. I mean, you know, this this was the band prior to the, to the release of that album. Really, you know, um, were nowhere near as as high profile or well known, and then this came out and bang, you know, they were they mm. stopped playing just at unis and they started playing stadiums and um, or stadia and yeah it it really did propel them and i i have to say i don't i don't think that they they ever like really achieved what they did with that album in, again um mm. you know. difficult though it's it's a common story isn't it you know to yeah. to get that sort of exposure and and discovery and to explode onto the scene it takes something special um mm. so obviously to to follow that up with something even more special is is comparatively rare so you know yeah so you should just come for the beatles then really <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean they seem to do it yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's a piece of piss yeah easy <laughs> all, right. all right arctic monkeys it is then all right well the sun is starting to to go down the party is about to really begin your headline is getting ready but first someone to get you warmed up someone to set the tone okay. now i think there's two ways of going about this it's you can kind of, i think you can either have someone that's going to be kind of melancholic as the sun goes down or upbeat and lively to get people warmed up which sort of which sort of way do you think you're going to go on this one i'm i'm definitely liking the upbeat and lively at pete that's that's the approach that i'm i'm going to take on this one go on in. You, you know what i think i'm going to throw i'm going to throw my man harry shotter in there now harry shotter yep now i'm not expecting that you've ever heard of this guy he's no i haven't nope he's not many people will have done but he is a drum and bass mc Ah, effectively that's probably why i've never heard of him no no (laughs) (laughs) and i've got i've got a kind of a little guilty liking for for uh, drum and bass um Mm. i used to listen to it a bit when i was a kid and uh recently i've just been enjoying the sort of energy of it and uh just i find it kind of funny as well you know i just enjoy listening to it because it's i don't have to think too much um (laughs) and this guy harry shotter i mean he's he's top of his game within that sort of within that sphere Mm. and he he's actually in the guinness book of records and really 
Yep. He's he's in there for the the most number of words spoken in a single. Wow. How many days that? Uh, it was, I don't know exactly, but it was somewhere between sort of 1,700 and 1,800 words in a five or six minute long song, which if you think about it is probably what, about three of 300 words a minute or something. It's it's an incredibly fast rate. Like three words a second or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like it's, it is. It's mad, mate. When, when you when you listen to him uh, doing his thing, it's just you know whether you like that sort of music or not, it, the skill is plain to see. You know, I mean, this guy just does not miss a beat. He can mm. just talk, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and, talk really uh, fast, really long. <laughs> indeed, indeed, and uh, yeah, just something nice and lively with a load of energy, uh, just to wake everybody up before you know before we move on to the the headline act. We're going to get to our headliner right now. Oh, excellent. I mean, there's no explanation needed, really. It's the main attraction, and it's going to close your show. Who are we going for? There's one man that can fit this bill, and it's Jimi yeah. Hendrix. Ah, oh, yes. Like, it can't, oh, be, yes, yes, can't yes. be anybody else for me. It's got to be got to be Hendrix. I mean, it, yeah, I, it, one of the first artists I ever listened to, um, because my dad was a big fan, um, he always tells me that he had the opportunity to go and see him at one point, um, but for various reasons, never made it, which I think he's regretted ever since. Um, I would. Yeah, same here, mate. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I give him some stick about it every so often. <laughs> oh, you should. <laughs> yeah. Definite ribbing for that. <laughs> but he, um, yeah, I mean, what can I say, really? Just exceptional. Um, the, the impact that, that that man had on, on music and on culture, even on things like, you know the peace movement of the late mm. 60s you know and uh, uh, one of the astounding things that i find about him as well is that you, you don't think about it but he actually wasn't around for that long you know no really I, wasn't like what was it so, sort of four years or so at the end of the 60s three albums i think it was crammed yeah. into four years yeah yeah but i mean you know the legacy that he's left after such a short time i mean that what a testament is that to, to somebody's skill you know to, to this day we're you know we're sat here now talking about him and putting him on as a main act in, in a, a show where we could have anybody you know and yeah. he, he was basically on in the public gaze for what four years so yeah brilliant absolutely exceptional and um yeah i i, I don't think you know there's there's no possible way i couldn't have a really really good um end to the the festival really uh watching jimmy get up there and do his thing yeah, uh, just be careful you don't drop your nuts. <laughs> I may, I think I may spill my nuts over this one, Pete. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to, you know, not after last time. <laughs> okay. Well, as the lights are going down on the uh, on the stage, someone mentions that there's a jam session happening up at the campfire on the hill, and they invite you along. You can bring your guitar, you can bring your bongos, whatever. But then when you get there, there's someone totally unexpected there. And they say, Oi, Ben, come over here. We want to have a little jam with you. Mm. So you're going to jam with in the front of the campfire to bring the festival to a close? I'm probably going to have to go with a guy, an Australian artist called Daniel Johns. From Silverchair. Indeed, yeah. Mm. Um, so Silverchair, another one of my, my favourite bands from when I was a young man. They were they were a bit of a sensation in Australia during the, let's say, during the sort of mid-noughties, uh, sorry, mid-90s, I guess. Um, yeah, late-90s, late, late 90s, mid to late-90s, yeah. Yeah, like sort of post-grungy. Um, 
and they they actually signed their first record deal at the age of 15. Um, I think there'd been a competition that they'd entered and, you know, they'd, they'd not long formed and they were just, you know, they, they melded so well as a group and they produced such um, an amazing song called Tomorrow that they won this award um, on a, that was hosted by a radio station. And then that got them a record deal at the age of 15. <laughs> I mean, you know, and they were, you know, they were incredibly successful then for the next few years. They got referred to by a lot of people in the media as Nirvana in pyjamas. <laughs> but that you know i as a big fan i you know i've had many debates about this over the years i think in a very broad sense you could say okay they're kind of within the same genre but i mean i have to say daniel john's voice for me is uh, it, it's just it's so much better than kurt cobain's voice um Ooh, te- yeah, I, I know yeah technically I'm to, I'm, oh, you're going, oh, you're going yeah, techniques I'm go, now, are you? I'm going okay. to go technical on this one. You know, <laughs> obviously, Kurt's voice expresses something to us. Um, but I think Daniel Johns, in terms of his actual vocal ability, it's just outstanding for me. Yeah, he yeah. has got a ridiculous voice. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and I've got no qualms about you sitting around the campfire with him and having a little jam. That sounds like a... Excellent, nice mate. way to round things off. Well, it's uh, well that basically concludes uh, your ultimate dream festival lineup, uh, and I've got to say, it absolute cracker. We've had Beck, we've had we've had Dire Straits, we've had Dry Roasted Peanuts, <laughs> we've had Kurt Cobain, <laughs> we've got Editors, <laughs> Arctic Monkeys, the CBSO playing Jurassic Park, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Daniel Johns. It's absolutely fantastic. Benjamin Cross, thank you very much for curating your dream festival lineup let's uh, just uh, remind people where can we uh, where can we pre-order your book from so you'll be able to pre-order the book from all good bookshops at the moment you'll be able to get it from waterstones from wh smiths from uh, amazon foils um, all the usual places online if you want the links to any of those places then you can go to my website which is www.benjamin-cross.com and you can, as with most people these days, you can you can find me on Twitter, um, you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Insta, and you can also, if you're a particularly avid reader, you can find me on Goodreads as well. Excellent. So Colony comes out on January the 28th, and uh, I recommend that everyone goes out and uh, gets a copy of it, because it's, uh, it's a fantastic book, mate. Cheers, Pete. Thank you. That, that means a lot. And thank you for inviting me on as well. It's been great fun. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Benjamin. Cheers. There we go. That was Benjamin Cross with his Dream Festival lineup. What a way to start the new series and what a lineup it was. I especially enjoyed his utilising of the CBSO in a small tent. It's possibly one of the best answers we've ever had on the podcast. And uh, that's what the show is all about. Uh, so Benjamin's book Colony comes out on January 28th and I highly recommend it. Not many books have ever made me ship myself and gag in the same sitting. So I really hope you can experience that. Uh, as make sure you've got some anti-back wipes uh, to hand. Uh, pre-order your copy from all good retailers including Waterstones, Amazon and Goodreads and loads of others as well or you can go to his website benjamin-cross.com and you'll find all the links there uh, and make sure you follow him and his writing community on Twitter at bencross underscore author 
Remember to follow this show on Twitter at DreamFestPod. Uh, my thanks go to Birmingham Podcast Studios and to the Brum Radio Podcast Channel for hosting, to Rich Farmer for the artwork, and to Jane Powell for the music. And thank you to signing up to the Patreon, special Patreon episode with all the bonus stuff included. Join me next time, where my excellent guest will be Phil and Alex from St. Alto. Uh, until then, remember, if you book them, they will come. Bye. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,